What's up Sunday morning? How you guys doing today? Welcome, welcome, welcome. My name is TJ. I'm one of the pastors here. and We're so glad that you're with us this morning. And uh, how many of you guys are getting excited for Christmas Eve out of Pine Trails Park here? Anybody getting excited about that? If you... One of the things that we love to do is we love to have great Christmas Eve services, and this year we, we had the opportunity to go out to Pine Trails Park again this Christmas Eve, and we're excited that you'll join us out there. In fact, on your seats this weekend are some invite cards, and I, I would encourage you, take these invite cards, take them home with you. They're small, so they fit in your pocket. When you're out and about, invite people to Christmas Eve out of the park. There's plenty of room to social distance there, and so we're going to have a great time out there on Christmas Eve coming up. Also, the weekend after after Christmas Eve, uh, normally we would have a church on that weekend because Christmas kind of falls a little weird. That weekend we're going to have church only online, which you guys should all kind of be used to now at this point, unfortunately. But uh, we're going to do that. And then starting in January, we're going to dive into one of my favorite times of the year. And I hope that it eventually becomes your favorite time of the year. We're going to be starting our 21 days of prayer and fasting uh, in January. And if you've never participated with us, I don't know about you, but I want 2021 to be way different than 20. 20. Can anybody else agree with me on that? Like, like I need next year to be 100% different than this year. And I think the only way we're going to get that is if we pray uh, something new into the, the atmosphere. And I believe that God can change things in an instant. And we have an opportunity to come together as a church and do that. And so uh, you're going to be able to check out our website this week. And there'll be all kinds of material on there for how you can fast and, and what that looks like for you. We just ask that you set something aside for that period of time. And you focus that time that you normally spend that, whether that's social media or food. Or, or maybe you're going to get away from from alcohol for 21 days, whatever that is, that you would spend that time with God instead and watch what he will do in your life. And uh, also, a lot of people have been asking me for a legacy update. How many of you guys want an update on legacy? Anybody want to, uh, okay, you're going to have to wait till January for me to give it to you. Um, <laughs> I'm just letting you know. Because uh, people have also been asking, hey, can we still participate in legacy? And yes, you can. Through the end of the year, you're able to participate in that. Uh, you can just give towards that however you want online uh, in your envelope, sit in the seat back pocket. There's a place for you to check that off. But Christmas is is an interesting season. How many of you guys love Christmas? Show of hands, how many of you guys love Christmas? Come on, all of you that are watching online, go ahead and put the hand emoji up. The majority of people in here love Christmas. It's, I, I don't know why, but everybody seems to love Christmas. And one of the things that I've realized about Christmas is Christmas and just life in general has a tendency to be kind of a messy season, a messy part of the year. Uh, there's always some kind of crazy thing that happens around Christmas time or that happens in life. And I don't Know about you, but I've experienced my share of messes in life. In fact, uh, right around the first Christmas that we had with our foster son Alexander, um, my wife and I we had this 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 way that we uh, got him to sleep in his own room, and so one of us would sleep in his room when he was a baby with him, and the other one would sleep in the other room. So one of us would get a good night's sleep, and so both of us would not have a bad night's sleep. And so um, most of the time, she took the majority of the week leading up to the weekend, and then I would take. Sunday night, Monday night, and Tuesday night in that room so that, so that she could have a break. It was equal equity of parenting. How many, how many moms would like their, their husbands to jump in on that and give us some good night's sleep? Come on, moms. You know what I'm talking about. Most husbands are not down for that. I'm a better husband than yours, okay? I'm just letting you know. Just kidding. Your husband's okay. Um, <laughs> and so, so I'm in there. Uh, I'm 
He wakes up in the middle of the night. It's a normal routine, you know. He's, he wakes up because he's got a wet diaper and he needs to be fed. And so I, I'm waking up. I'm dreary and uh, groggy after a long weekend at church. And, and I, I go and I take his, his diaper off. And, and I, you know, I'm getting ready to put the new diaper on. And as I lift his legs up to put the new diaper in, uh, something hits my face and my like chest and and I'm wearing a t-shirt and I'm feeling stuff going down my chest and I'm like what is that it's pitch black in the room and uh, I, I amazingly uh, I finished changing him and I put him back down and and I walk into our bathroom and find out that what I got hit with was not the Christmas spirit it was actually diarrhea which is amazing because when I see like Poop, normally, like, I throw up myself. I'm that guy, like, I smell poop, I puke. It's like, a, it's not a good child experience. But, like, I remember walking into the, into the restroom, and uh, on my little goatee here, there were just chunks of poop. Uh, it had gone down my shirt. I'm like, how did you? That was incredible aim, Alexander. That was, that was absolutely, was, I, I was such a mess. I couldn't sleep for the rest of the night. It was totally disgusting. Can, can you guys all agree with me? That's pretty, that's a pretty gross experience. And this is what I know is sometimes our life, we can have some experiences that end up messy. And in the holidays, it, it seems to be a period of time where we want to have this great time with friends and family. We want to have great time with loved ones. And, and Decembers are a little bit as much as we want to have this incredible Christmas season. We want to have the perfect Christmas. Sometimes it feels like, man, we just kind of got crapped on. Like my experience, like it doesn't turn out how we want it to. And because life is messy, we end up with messy budgets because we're trying to get everybody the gift that they've always wanted. We're, we're trying to make sure that we could go on that vacation that, to see the friends and the family. We end up with messy relationships, maybe because of Christmas isn't the most spectacular part of the year for you because of past history or loss or tragedy that happened that season of life. Maybe it's, it's messy because of your waistline, all the sweets, all the Christmas parties, all the things that are coming in. What I know for a lot of us is that Christmas is not always the most perfect time of the year. Even though so many of us, what we want is we are striving to have the perfect Christmas. And I would submit to you that if we want to experience the joy of Christmas, it's not about focusing on how do we have the perfect Christmas, but how do we experience the perfect Savior in this season? And if we'll put our focus instead of having the perfect Christmas onto experiencing the perfect Savior, it will change everything in our lives about this season. And today I want to be looking at a passage in Luke chapter 2. If you want to turn in your Bibles there, and let me kind of give you the background of what's happening. Uh, there is this season of life where they have called a census in all of Israel, and it's not quite like our census, uh, where they just phone you up and they ask you interview questions or you fill out the sheet of paper. Everyone was required to go back to their hometown, and so Bethlehem is busting at the seams with visitors, and uh, Mary and Joseph, while she is pregnant, go back to their hometown to participate in in this census and and while they're there there's no room in the end we all know the story but there's also another group of people that are experiencing this season it's these guys called the shepherds and these are the kind of the rough and tough the out of out of bounds kind of people they're not they're not necessarily in the high class they're actually kind of low class people of that day and these were some tough people and so we're going to be picking up the story in Luke chapter 2 starting at verse 8 it says that night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby 
guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them, and they were terrified, which is a big deal, because these were like tough guys, like tough guys don't typically get terrified, uh, but the angel reassured them, don't be afraid, he said. Now, what's interesting to me is anytime somebody shows up and tells me, don't be afraid, I'm probably going to be afraid. Like when somebody starts off with, hey, don't be afraid, there's probably good reason for you to be afraid. And, and, and like it's interesting to me because these guys, like they, they were the, the, the rough and tough guys. They're like the biker dudes of the Jewish day. And, and like they don't get scared. And what you have to understand is when the angels appeared, it wasn't like the Hallmark baby angel that was up there with like playing a harp. This is like something that would terrify you to death. And, and he shows up to shepherds. And I love the fact that God shows up to shepherds because these aren't the power players of the day. These aren't the political leaders of the day. These aren't the most popular people. These aren't the people that are the best looking. These are the people who are are kind of the unknown. They're the ones that have been outcast into the field. And you think about this. God made the most amazing announcement to the entire world. You would think that he would go to the most powerful people on the planet. But instead of going to the most powerful people, instead of going to the somebodies of the day, God went to the nobodies. He went to the people that, that nobody would have thought of, and, and he showed up to the, the nobodies of this world and said, hey, listen, you're somebody. And somebody needs to hear that today because you feel like you're a nobody and that God cares nothing about you. And I want you to know that God is willing to show up to anybody, anywhere, in any point, any season, because everybody matters to God. And depending on where you are in life, December can be really frustrating when it comes to emotions. And you need to remember that Christmas isn't for special people. Christmas isn't for rich people. Christmas isn't for people that are perfect or have it all going on in their life. It's not just for the somebodies of the world. It's for the everybodies of the world. And you'll experience that if you'll not focus on having the perfect Christmas, but experiencing the perfect Savior. Continues on. He says, I will bring good news that will bring great joy to all people. That's what Christmas is all about. Good news and great joy. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth lying in a manger. Suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest, peace on earth and to those whom God is pleased. And so, friends, there's this incredible, incredible announcement, and the shepherds received this great, this good news and great joy. And so I think that if we're going to take this season and we're going to embrace the Christmas mess, if we're going to embrace this season and experience our perfect Savior, there's a couple things we have got to do in our lives. And if you're taking notes today, number one is you have got to receive the good news. You've got to receive the good news because Christmas is all about the good news and us experiencing great joy. And it seems like in the busyness of life and in everything that's all around us and surrounding us and in our environments, we can miss out on what Christmas is all about. In fact, how many of you guys like Christmas music? Where are all my Christmas music fans? Like, you cannot wait for Christmas music. A lot of you. Okay, so this week, I was just hanging out on the Billboard Top 100. There's a Top 100 Christmas songs of all time, if you did not know that. And so we're just going to do a little trivia. How many of you guys think you know what the fifth most popular Christmas song of all time is? 
Nobody knows. Okay, I'm going to give it to you. It's right here. Boom. Come on, sing it. A lot of Wham fans in here, apparently. Okay, we're going to go to number four because you guys are terrible. Okay. Everybody's so happy right now. We got people raising the roof in the back and everything. How about number three? How about number two? You guys don't know this one as well. I can tell. But I know you all know this one. Give me the number one song. Come on, I need to hear you, choir. Come on, sing it loud. If you need to get that melody, go ahead and press the ear like Mariah. Come on, this is your part right here. Make my wish come true. All I want for Christmas. Come on here. Oh, that was beautiful right there. You like how we pulled that out on you? <laughs> Christmas choir at Coastal, right there. Y'all need to sign up. We'll put you in the service on Christmas Eve. It'll be fantastic. We'll get booed off the lawn. It'll be great. But you know what's interesting about all of those songs? In fact, out of the top 100 all-time most popular favorite Christmas songs, out of the 100, only eight actually deal with the birth of Christ. Actually, only one of them actually has the name Christ in the song title. And so while we say, man, I'm getting in the Christmas spirit, we're actually missing out on the essence of what Christmas is all about. We get so focused on it's about rocking around the Christmas tree, and it's about all we want for Christmas is that relationship or that gift, and we forget that the most amazing gift that was ever given was actually the birth of Christ that has the power to change everything in our lives. And so it doesn't matter how the world repositions Christmas. we got to remember that it's about Christ's mass. It's about Christ and how big he is and what he wants to do in our life. And, and we forget the influence of Jesus is so great. Like, because we're almost like fish swimming in the ocean. We don't realize the impact that he has had on our everyday lives all around us. In fact, John Ortberg wrote this uh, about the impact of Jesus. He says, in the ancient world, children were routinely left to die of exposure, particularly if they were of the wrong gender. They were often sold into slavery. Jesus' treatment of and teachings about children led to the forbidding of such practices as well as as well as orphanages and godparents. Universities such as Cambridge, Oxford, and Harvard all began as Jesus-inspired efforts to love God with all of one's mind. Jesus' life as a foot-washing servant would eventually lead to the adoption of humility as a widely admired virtue. Historian John Dickinson writes, it is unlikely that any of us would aspire to this virtue were it not for the historical impact of the crucifixion. 
His compassion of the poor and the sick led to institutions for lepers, the beginning of modern-day hospitals. That's why even today hospitals have names like Good Samaritan, Good Shepherd, and St. Anthony. Yale historian Yaslav Pelikan, right? Regardless of what anyone may think or believe about him, Jesus of Nazareth has been the dominant figure in history of Western culture for almost 20 centuries. If it were possible, with some sort of super magnet to pull out of history, every scrap of metal bearing at least a trace of his name, there would be none left. See, we don't even realize that the, from the advancements in education to science to our hospital systems to the caring for the poor and the less fortunate, that it all goes back to Christ in the impact of his coming to earth. Like everything that we are surrounded by that is good actually comes from the goodness of God sent through his son. And friends, it all starts with this good news that should bring us great joy. The good news and great joy that no matter what your circumstances are and and what you've gone through and how bad you messed up, that you can be forgiven and imparted and grafted in to the family of God. The good news and great joy that no matter what you are up against in life, no matter how big it is, that our God is bigger and greater than that circumstance. The good news and great joy that no matter how many losses you have faced, you are ultimately victorious in Jesus. Jesus Christ. It's the good news and great joy that no matter how messy life can get, that Jesus came to this earth, died, and rose again so you can experience life and experience it more abundantly. And so for over the next few weeks, here's what we need to do. We need to give pause in this moment. We need to remember the fact of Christmas is that it's all about the good news and the great joy of our Savior. It's not about having the perfect Christmas. It's about celebrating the perfect Savior in our lives. And so we need to experience the good news. And then number two, we need to respond with great joy. You need to respond with great joy. Now, now here's the question I have for everybody. Since it's the Christmas season and you're out there, how many of you guys like waiting? Anybody like waiting? How many of you like waiting in lines? Like anybody down for just wait? Like we hear about great restaurants all the time. Somebody will tell us about a great restaurant and we'll be like, hey, we should go there because we're kind of foodie people. And we'll show up to a restaurant and there's a line out the door and I'll tell my wife, I don't care how good that restaurant is. I am not waiting. I know that good, lots of people waiting means that it's probably good food, but I don't like waiting. It's not high on my list in life. I don't do good waiting in traffic. <laughs> I don't do good waiting at anything. Like, I am impatient to the max. In fact, uh, a couple years ago, Shayla and I did one of these Spartan races, you know, these obstacle course races. And we had decided ahead of time that we were going to run it together. Like, it was going to be a husband and wife. We're, like, we're going to triumph over this together. And we started running this race, and uh, Shayla was dragging me down. Like, she was slow. She was having trouble getting over the obstacles. You notice she's not here. So this is Vegas. What happens in here stays in here. <laughs> And, uh, and so she was slowing me down. I was getting frustrated. I was like, babe, you need to pick up the pace. Like, we got like eight more miles of this. And so I'm going to need you to get a little bit faster. I'm going to need you to get a little bit stronger. I'm going to need you to get over that obstacle. And she was like, babe, I'm, I'm doing the best that I can. I, and I told her, your best is not good enough. And I left her. <laughs> Why? Because I do not like waiting. I like winning. <laughs> So you need to not let her know that I told that story. Like, <laughs> I finished the race. I was waiting for her for like two hours to finish that. 
Like, it was terrible. I had to wait. And it's, what I've realized in life is it's hard to wait for things. It's difficult to wait. What you need to understand about this story is that the children of Israel had been waiting 400 years to hear from God. Like, God had been silent for 400 years. They had not had a prophet. They had not had an ounce or an inkling of God being present in their life. And all of a sudden, angels show up on the scene for the first time in 400 years and declare this message. And the shepherds receive it with great joy. Verse 15, it says, when the angels had returned to heaven... The shepherds said to each other, let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that's happened, which the Lord told us about. And they hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph, and there was a baby lying in a manger. Now, a, a couple things I want you to notice. It says they, they hurried, the implication there, and if you were to translate it, it meant that they, they sprinted to the village in Bethlehem, which... In Jewish day and culture was like a no-no. Like shepherds and men in general did not run. They did not do that. It was an undignified practice for them to hike up their, basically their skirt and run some place. And so they were basically throwing caution to the wind and saying, man, I don't care what anybody thinks. Like this is the best thing that I've heard about. This news is going to bring great joy to my life. And what did they do? They ran to see the Savior of the world. And when I think about Christmas, I think running is a major theme that we have. We're running to the next Christmas party. We're running to get that perfect gift for somebody. We're running to make those airline tickets. And, and this Christmas season, instead of being full of great joy, seems like it's full of great jobs, doesn't it? Like I've got the job of cooking. I've got the job of setting up the, the travel arrangements. I've got the job of being a part of that Christmas party. I've got the job of finding that perfect gift for somebody that I don't even really like, but I really want to impress in life. Like I've got all these jobs, and in the middle of the jobs, we can begin to miss out on the joy. And a lot of times what ends up happening is Christmas feels a whole lot more like work than it does like joy. And what we need to do in those moments is instead of running to all those tasks and running to all those jobs, we need to be like the shepherds. Instead of focusing on all that, we need to run to the most important thing, and that is running to the feet of Jesus, not so that we can experience the perfect Christmas, so that we can experience the perfect Savior. It's about celebrating him instead of trying to make everything perfect all around us. And I think it's so important that when we're putting up the lights on the tree at our house or around our home, that we remember that it's not about lights being put up. It's about the fact that because God came to this earth, we are now light to this world. When we're wrapping those Christmas presents, it's not about giving a gift. It's about remembering that God gave us the perfect gift in his son, Jesus. And when we're waiting in line to buy that perfect gift, we have to remember that we don't have to wait uh, to have a relationship with God because he's already freely given it to us. All we have to do is accept it in our lives. When you send out cards to friends and family, it's a reminder that the good news is out there for every single person to experience in life. It's about us discovering the joy that's in this season. And what I've found is that as Christians and Christ followers, a lot of times our life looks no different than anybody else's life. Like we look like everybody else during the season running around like, uh, our, like chickens with our heads cut off, acting exactly the same as everyone else out there. And I think that that's a shame that we as Christ followers aren't different. In fact, there's a quote by Frederick Nietzsche. He's an atheist, and he actually wrote this uh, quote. And the day that I read it, it changed my life. He says, I might believe in the Redeemer if his followers look more redeemed. Just want that to sit in there for a second. 
Like, do our lives as Christians look more full of joy than everybody else? Like, are we, are we really responding with great joy in every single circumstances? And I think the difference between somebody that responds with great joy in every aspect of life and somebody that doesn't is all based upon what they understand about their relationship with God. Psalms chapter 16, verse 11 says this. It says, you make known to me the path of life. In your presence, there is fullness of joy, which means that if you're not full of joy, it means that you have a presence problem, not a possession problem. So many of us, we think that our, our, our possessions are going to be the thing that bring us joy. And I'm here to submit to you that it's, it's not about your possessions. It's about your position. Are you running to the foot of the cross? Are you running to the feet of the Savior in this season? Because if you don't have joy in your life, it's because you're focusing on what God has done in somebody else's life, what God did not do in your life three years ago, instead of realizing that it's about realizing that God is with you right here, right now, in this moment, and in his presence, and we can, he'll never never leave us. He'll never forsake us. In his presence, there is fullness of joy. And so everywhere we go, we should be full of joy. Our, our, it says at his right hand, which is right next to us, there are pleasures forevermore. And if we're not experiencing that kind of life, then I would ask and I would submit to you that maybe you're focusing on your possessions instead of your position. And we need to refocus in this season so that we can respond with great joy because we have a God that loves us, that came into the middle of the mess to deliver the ultimate message that I will never leave you or I will never forsake you. It says he is Emmanuel, God with us. Amen. Amen. I mean, I'm preaching way better than y'all are responding. I'm just telling you that. I'm going to need you to come to every service. <laughs> And I think that just by tweaking a few jobs that we have this Christmas season and tweaking our perception of our circumstances and understanding that we are positioned with the creator of the universe, with us always, it changes everything, which will lead us to number three, share the good news with all people, just like the shepherds did. Share the good news with all people. Now, I don't know about you, but I, I love sharing good news. Like, when I get good news, uh, I love sharing it. It changes everything. It is a game changer in my life. And one of the things that I love sharing about is I love sharing about food. Is anybody else out there, are they foodies out there? I, I love food. Uh, you can tell of my physique that I like food more than I like exercise. And... Uh, <laughs> Some of you are probably on that same train. It's okay. Uh, we're, we're not ashamed of it. And one of, my, one of my favorite food experiences is a place called Yardbird down in South Beach. Anybody ever been to Yardbird? A couple of people have been to Yardbird. It is like, it is southern food to the max. And uh, southern food is like a game changer because when they cook southern food, what they do is they put everything in lots of butter. Butter makes everything better. I know there's some health freak that's like, that's like oh, you're going you're gonna to die from that. Yeah, but I'm going to die feeling good. You keep eating your wheatgrass and see how you feel at the end of your life. I don't even know what that's all about. Can I get an amen right there? That's, that's a good place to amen. And, and so, like, man, I, I love Yardbird. And so when it's a special occasion, we'll go down to Yardbird. And they have, like, the most incredible fried chicken. It's the best fried chicken on the planet. I've been to Hattie B's. I've been to all the great chicken spots, fried chicken spots in America. Nobody beats Yardbird. I don't know what they do, but they do something special with that. But the best thing about Yardbird is not the fried chicken. It's not the, the uh 
uh, watermelon that has like hot sauce on it. Like that's good. But the thing that is, that is amazing about Yardbird is they have a dessert. And the dessert is this deep fried Oreo dessert. And I know somebody's thinking, well, I've had deep fried Oreos at the fair. Not even the same. I'm going to tell you about these deep fried Oreos. Because I believe that it is like a heavenly experience. Heaven is going to be like deep fried Oreos at Yardbird all the time. It's going to be incredible. And so they take, they take Oreos and they dip them in donut batter. I said donut batter. Just want you to understand, it's donut batter. They take them, they fry them. When they're, when they're coming out of the fryer, they, they sprinkle Rice Krispies all over them, which I, I don't know what that does, but it makes it awesome because it snap, crackle, pop in your mouth. Then they, then they go and they make their homemade uh, ice cream that is like this, this amazing ice cream that goes with this that is an Oreo-based ice cream, and then they drizzle chocolate all over the plate, all over it, and then they put this little rooster that's made out of chocolate on top of it. And, and like, when you take a bite of this, it is so good, it'll make you slap your mama. I mean, just like, whoosh, maybe even go back. I don't know, it's maybe like a double slap. It's absolutely incredible. Now, the reason I tell you that is because, like, it's, it's an it's a out-of-body food experience that I want everybody else to, like, it is great news. And it brings me great joy. You know what I do? I tell everybody about it. Here's the deal. If we have the greatest news that brings us the most exponential joy that we can ever experience in life, we should want to share that with everyone out there. Luke 2, 17 says, after seeing him, the shepherds told everyone. You know what's funny is there's not a single person that has ever been like, I cannot believe you told me about Yardbird. Why are you evangelizing Yardbird to me? Like nobody's ever said that. Why? Because I experienced something I loved and because I loved it and I thought it was a great experience, I want you to experience the same thing because I think you'll love it too. He goes on to saying, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. And all who heard the shepherd's story were astonished, just like you were about Yardbird. But Mary kept these things in her heart and thought about them often. The shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying, praising God for all they had seen and heard, just as the angel had told them. And see, what happens is the, the shepherds, they're, man, they're singing a new song. They're, they're glorifying God. They're, they're exclaiming God's out there. Why? Because when you have an encounter with God, it changes everything about you. And when you really encounter God and it changes everything about you, you cannot keep your mouth shut about God. Like you want this great news that, that changed everything with, for you, that brings you great joy. You want everybody else to experience it. And it makes me question, like, if we have the greatest news on the planet of the earth that changes everything for everybody, like, why would we not want to share that with everyone we see? Why would we not want to share, well, my faith is private, but, but everything else is public. Like, every other experience, I see you post about it on Facebook. I see you put every meal out there. What, you, if all of the rest of your life is public, why isn't your faith public? If it's such good news and it's so life-changing, wow, like how much would you have to hate somebody else not to tell them? Ooh. 
Somebody just got slapped in the face. Here's what I know is, is I'll walk around with invite cards all the time at our church, for our church. And I kind of live at Carmela Coffee. If you ever go to Carmela Coffee, there's a good chance you're going to find me there. And uh, I'll talk to people all day long. People don't know anything about me. They think I'm some guy that must be exceptionally rich because I just sit around and drink coffee all day and work on my computer and have conversations with people. And I am. I'm rich in the things of God. And, uh, and people will be talking to me. And, and almost every day I'm having the opportunity to invite people to church. Well, that's your job. No, no, no. That's my mission in life. That's your mission in life. I invite people all the time. Some people come. Most don't. It's okay. doesn't distract me from continuing to invite. Why? Because I have the greatest news on the planet. And I love it when people come into church and they see me outside. They're like, oh, you're on the greeting team. I'm like, yeah, man, it's awesome. You're going to love this service. (laughs) And then the music stops and a really good-looking bald guy gets up there. And they're like, oh, that's the same guy that invited me. I'm like, yeah, I am. (laughs) And nothing is better than at the end of service when I give them an opportunity for them to experience the good news that will bring them great joy, that will change their life. And I see them raise their hand and know that their life has changed forever. And here's what I know, church, that if, if we're really experiencing the joy that Christ brings, it changes everything. This Christmas season, this is what I know. We've gone through more hardship and tragedy this year than we've ever experienced before. And people are looking for hope more than they've ever looked before. And everybody's downtrodden, everybody's depressed. I'm saying that generally. I know that you're not because you love Jesus. But the vast majority of people are. And the moment they spot somebody with joy, they're like, I don't know what they got. But I got to get me some of that. What if this Christmas, we're the people that help people that feel like they're nobodies become somebodies through a relationship with the creator of the universe. There's a verse in in Romans, it's not in your outline, it's one of my favorite verses, it's in Romans chapter nine, verse 25, this is the message version of this, and he says, I'll call nobodies and make them somebodies. I'll call the unloved and make them beloved. In the place where they yelled out, you're nobody, I'll be calling out, you're my living children. Church, Let's take the nobodies of this world and let's help them become somebodies by experiencing the good news that can bring great joy, that will change their life forever so they can go and tell everyone about the experience they've had with Jesus Christ. Would you guys bow your heads and pray with me? God, I thank you so much that you loved us so much that you sent your one and only son, Jesus Christ, so that we could experience the message of Christmas, that there was no mess that we could create that was too big or too great that you would not put yourselves right in the middle of. And here's what I know. Maybe there's some of you here today. 
You're in the middle of a mess and you've never experienced the, the good news, the good news that God loved you so much that God saw you in the middle of your mess before you even made your mess and said, you know what, I'm going to provide a way for you. And that way, that, that gap that you have in your life that was too big or too great to cross, I'm going to build a bridge and it's going to be through my son Jesus who I'm going to send to this earth. And it says if we'll confess with our mouth and believe in our heart that Jesus is Lord, then what will happen is, is we will be saved. He will come into our lives and change us and transform us and make us new again and, and bring joy and bring peace and, and bring the things in our lives that we've been longing for so long in our life. And maybe you're here and you've never made a decision to invite him in your life or maybe it's been a long time since you've done that and you say, you know what, Pastor TJ, today's the day that I need to recommit my life with every head bowed and every eye closed. If that's you here today, if you just slip your hand up at the count of three, I would love to pray with you. One, two, three. Go ahead and slip it up. Slip it up. Slip it up. Everybody online, go ahead and put up that little hand emoji. We, yes, one, I see you back there. Thank you. Two, I see you. Thank you. Thank you. Anybody else? If you just pray this in your heart as I pray it out loud, God, thank you so much for seeing me in the middle of my mess and realizing that I could not clean that mess up on my own. You sent a redeemer, Jesus, your son, to come to this earth to live a perfect life, to die a sinner's death, the death that I deserve. I ask you to forgive my sins, cleanse my heart, come into my life, take over, and not only be my Savior, but be my Lord. God, I love you in this place, and I thank you for redeeming and changing and transforming me. In this Christmas season, God, help me not to be trying to have the perfect Christmas, but focusing in on the perfect Savior. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor TJ. Church, we love you guys. We will see you next weekend. Make sure that you take those invite cards and be inviting your friends and your family out to Pine Trails on Christmas Eve. We're excited to see you there, and we love you all. We'll see you next week.